Welcome to In Another's View, a podcast series to engage the community to stand for neurodiversity through the lens of you. I'm Joshua Cow, your host. Today, I'm very honored to introduce our guest, Lauren Rodriguez. Ms. Rodriguez is a parent coach that lovingly supports and advocates for the neurodivergent community. She is also a behavioral therapist who specializes in autism. Ms. Rodriguez has inspired thousands of followers with her popular Instagram account, at Atypical Ladies. Welcome to In Another's View, Lauren. It's an honor to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited for this. Yeah, of course. So let's get started. So could you first tell us a little bit about yourself and what does neurodiversity mean to you? Yes, definitely. So um, I am a mom. I'm a mom of two. My oldest was diagnosed with ASD about the age of three, um, which has been a journey, you know, so it, it actually motivated me later on in my life to change my career. So now I am a co-ed teacher for kids on the spectrum. And I am also an ABA. So I do home therapy. So that's a little bit of background for myself. And I also created this Instagram page where I help moms how to get through this, um, more specifically the Latinx community. Um, But all moms are welcome. And what neurodiversity means to me is just exploring your unique brain you know one size does not fit all um just accepting like everyone for who they are and not going by society standards and oh this is how someone's brain or how someone should act you know it's just a different experience is a um embracing for what is and living differently in your family and with friends when you're in that part of that part of um community Thank you for all you do for the community, especially for moms. And as you said, all brains are truly unique, and I see how exploring it could be fun and beneficial. So now you mentioned you have a son on the spectrum. So in what ways is your child neurodivergent? And what are some things that you identified early on for diagnosis? Yeah, so as you know, with autism, it affects all different in different ways. It looks different for everyone. Um, For him, mostly is social and emotional. It's a little different. I don't like to say that he's lacking or is dysfunctional. Like there's so many different labels out there. I don't like to label it too much. I think one of his um, things that he may as an individual struggle the most is social and emotional. Um, And also like little things that he likes to do. He's obsessed with basketball, you know, so he's really into that. So it's like that obsession with certain things that maybe someone else wouldn't be too obsessed about, Um, which is actually one of the earlier signs that I seen as a kid. He's always been obsessed with basketball. And I think the other part of it was sensory overload. When he was three or four, I would notice when he was like overly excited he would flap his hands if we were at a restaurant he'll get overstimulated and just wanted to run away so a lot of um i would say the first signs that i've seen was sensory overload definitely thank you so much for sharing this personal information and props to you for observing these early signs and everyone has unique strains you mentioned in one of your instagram posts that all brains are beautiful So as a mother, you have a very personal connection with your child and their daily antiques. So what are your child's passions and unique strengths that make him smile? 
Yeah. So as I mentioned, um, basketball, sports, he absolutely loves sports. I think one thing that he, I love about him is his strength is he just doesn't give up, you know, like he, I, he plays basketball and being around kids that are typical, that may affect his confidence, but he just doesn't let that get in his way. He just continues to keep going. He will practice inside the house with the basketball and just continue to just keep believing in himself and just keep doing it, you know, even if he questions himself. And I find that to be so admirable. Um, and he's so analytical. You know, I think his brain just fascinates me how he just retains so much information for one thing that he's like so into. He will know all the details about it. <laughs> um, and I, I just love to see that. I love to see his passion for what he loves and he won't let it go. And he just gets so focused on it. And I wish I had that. <laughs> it's just wonderful that you've encouraged your son and found his unique strengths. And thank you so much for sharing his passions and strengths as I really find his never giving up attitude and analytical attitude so admirable. And what do you focus on when you're with your child? Is there anything specific you focus on? Or Yeah, I would say as much as I admire his ability to keep going, he does sometimes lack a little bit of confidence because we still live, we live in a society where a lot of education it's not provided with autism, you know, that neurodivergent community, some people may not know too much. And I think that's just lack of knowledge. So I think confidence for him in comparing himself. And now he's just turned 13. So he's hidden a different age, a different, um, you know, time in his life where we may be working on confidence a little more. And also, when we're together, I just try to see the world through his eyes, too. I always say that my children are my teachers as well, because, especially him. I'm just like, wow, like I get so fascinated. I'm like, wow, like I, I see joy through him. We see it together, but just like observing him and just like picking his brain a little bit. I think it's so it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that seeing uh, perspectives from others eyes and I can see how that can be really, really helpful. And yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you wish now administrators or faculty knew about neurodiversity and how it affects children and families? I would say the biggest thing that I, from the work that I do working out of school is like one size is not fit all. And we continue to see that more and more as time continues. You know, when you see one kid with a diagnosis does not mean that the other kid may not, um, may have it. You know what I mean? So everyone learns differently. So I think it's one size does not fit all. And just really focusing on that. I think that it's just building a connection with a child. You know, as a teacher, I work with kindergarten kids. And I think the main thing that we're doing now is, building a connection, you know, like how to self-regulate yourself, social emotional skills. And I think a lot of people, especially in the schools, they think so much about academic, but if you don't have that self-regulation, social emotional skills, those academics really doesn't matter eventually. You know what I mean? Um, you need both. Um, so I would say that just, just be very aware that one size is not fit all and just focus on connection with each child. Yeah, I love that. And I know that I had a previous 
guests on this show and they're like meet them where they are and yeah that's perfect that's as simple as that may sound that's true meet them where they are <laughs> it is crucial for all children to be understood supported and included so now let's move on what were some challenges that you faced as a mother of a child on the spectrum and how did you overcome these surprises or challenges I would say the biggest thing is guilt, um, is guilt. As a mom, I had a lot of guilt for the first years, you know, because I didn't know what that really was. You know, my son is 13. I also became a young mom. I was young. I was not really, I've heard of autism, but I didn't really understand it. I'm like, did I do something wrong? Did I eat something wrong? You know, um, while I was pregnant, you, you, it's guilt is a huge thing. And, when you're around people that doesn't know either, they make it seem like it's like the end of the world. Like, oh, you're going to have a long path as a parent. He's going to have it rough. So I think maneuvering all that and just dealing with that guilt and learning has been definitely a journey. Like I'm still learning, you know, with him, especially now he's a teenager and his maybe mentally he's not connected where his body is right now. You know what I mean? So we're both learning through that. Um, so I would say guilt has been the biggest one and I needed a lot of support with that, even through professional therapy, to be honest. So, and I think a lot of moms and parents, caregivers, they definitely, um, may agree with me on that. I think guilt was the biggest one and just understanding your child because it's a journey. <laughs> I love how you use this and you took action to support and coach others through your popular Instagram account at Atypical Ladies. So now let's move over to that. So our team absolutely loved the content you upload on your Instagram account. And you mentioned there that you work with moms in their self-care while they go about their journey. So could you please share more about your Instagram account and what you do there? Definitely. I was inspired to do this um, a little over a year ago. I see that so many moms struggle with self-care, especially um, having a child in who's neurodivergent, you know, you're so focused on their care, their therapies, their appointments, you get lost in that. And I have been guilty for this. So I, it inspired me to build awareness around that, to build awareness around autism as well, to educate others. And it's, it's an absolute passion of mine, like really truly in my heart. And I want to continue to coach moms to, to build that self-care around and build like a structure around your life with your children, with yourself, where like, don't feel guilty. Um, you are more valuable to your child when you feel whole and your mental health is stable. And that may not be the case all the time, <laughs> but if you have those tools in your toolbox, you know, and, and take them when you need them, I think it's important to have, you know? So I think that's one of the things that truly truly inspired me to do it and I'm so glad that you guys love my content I um I really truly do it out of passion because I feel so strongly about it and eventually I will continue to do more in January I have a workshop for mommies <laughs> um so yeah and if you want to know more I'll, I'll you know anyone can follow me at atypical ladies and I will actually will launch my website early next year as well Okay, yeah, we'll definitely be linking that uh, in the description of the podcast for anyone that wants to check it out. 
And we especially liked one of your posts about diversity and how diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. And also that all brains are beautiful, like I mentioned before. And these are, we can definitely relate and we really find that so true. And people talk about diversity a lot, but the action of inclusion sometimes is lacking. And again, we really like that post. Um, and how can a listener at home advocate for neurodiversity right now? And what immediate steps can they take to benefit their local community? Absolutely. I think the smallest thing is educating yourself. Educating yourself. I keep saying that because autism looks so different in different ways. And I'm sure one person may know someone, you know, with a child like that, or and maybe an adult. Again, it, it doesn't stop at 18. I think it's talking to them, connecting with them, because they say that you know, neurodivergent, they're challenged. No, I feel like they challenge the world in what's considered normal. Um, so it's like trying to connect with that person that you may know in your life. One person will do a huge difference in educating yourself. A lot of people will label them, oh, that person looks weird or they're not really social. No, it's probably not. It's not that, <laughs> you know, or this child is, um, you know, it's having a, a, a tantrum in the middle of the store. No, it's probably a meltdown. Maybe their their sensory is overloaded, you know? So I think it's educating yourself and understanding that if you see that in public, like, you know, be compassionate. And I think that's huge for any mom out there. And I know that firsthand. So I think educating yourself and trying to connect some, with someone like that in neurodivergent community, it's extremely helpful. Yeah, that a little compassion can really go a long way. So true. So true. <laughs> yeah. And what is your take on autism and other neurodivergent conditions? How can it be a superpower, but maybe a challenge sometimes? Yeah, I think, again, it's like the uniqueness that I love to say their brains, I find it to be so fascinated. You know, I, I've met so many children, I worked with, with those children as well. Um, I've done home therapy and I just like stare at them like, oh my gosh, like I wish I could know what's going through your brain because I'm just so fascinated by it. And I love to see the, the, how each family, each person is so different in their own way. I am, I love to embrace it. I love to see it. And I love to see how that works. And I think the main challenge is sometimes when for example, my son, he doesn't understand that other people don't understand that. And that will affect a person emotionally who's neurodivergent, who has autism, affect them emotionally, they will start questioning themselves. You know, I had my son tell me that before, like, why am I different? You know, why do I, you know, there's so many, so many things you've told me, why did I get bullied, you know, and unfortunately, that's the thing in the world. And I think raising that awareness of um, awareness and acceptance as well, it's it's key because when the world is not aware or they're accepting, then they suffer because of that, you know, ignorance, as some may say. And, you know, we're just challenging the world, really, <laughs> and have them connect with us. And like you mentioned before, like meeting us where we are. <laughs> yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the challenge in the world uh, phrase you said. I actually really love that. Yeah. 
And lastly, what final words, just final words of wisdom, encouragement do you have for other families of neurodivergent children or just listeners or advocates or neurodivergent individuals at home? Yeah, I, I think I would say you guys are all amazing. All brains are beautiful, like I love to say. Um, embrace it. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be embarrassed. Own yourself. I've seen seven, eight-year-olds that are on the spectrum, and they know exactly who they are. And I think that's amazing because as an adult or a typical person, don't even know how to do that. So, But there's times where we do question ourselves, and it's just own it. Be amazing. Be unique. Don't be afraid of the world. Like we said just now, challenge the world, right? And keep going what you're doing. And I'm sending so much love and light to everyone, honestly, because I truly feel passionate about this. Um, so yes. And thank you so much for having me. I love this. I love that the young community is raising this awareness. Like that's so beautiful to me. Like youth is the future. So thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, It was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. And thank you so much, Lauren, for spending the time they give us an insightful perspective that we haven't gone on this podcast yet and wishing you and your family a very happy holiday and Thank hoping you. to reconnect with you in the future. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Mrs. Rodriguez's message is amazing. Her passion towards promoting awareness of neurodiversity was infectious. Her enthusiasm shined through her message. I learned about her unique journey with her child where they are challenging the world's definition of normal. Her son, Adriel, illustrated his unique strengths in analytical skills and the attitude of never give up. I loved how Ms. Rodriguez appreciates the strengths of each child she works with and tries to see the world through their eyes. I also admire how she's overcoming her guilt and leveraged her experiences to motivate other moms to understand the importance of self-care. Putting priorities on self-care will have a powerful impact on neurodivergent family members. I hope one day we will all appreciate the fact that everyone is different and beautiful in a unique way. Like Ms. Rodriguez said, all brains are beautiful. Embrace it. Don't be ashamed of it. Be unique. Own yourself. Challenge the world and keep going. What's your takeaway? In another's view, we stand for neurodiversity. Signing out.